Welcome to Abiding Life Studios Women Podcast. This is our first official podcast. I'm Shay Wells, and today on the podcast, I have my mother-in-law, Betty Wells. Hello. Hello, Shay. Hello, everybody. Yeah, thank you for being my first official guest on the Abiding Life Women's Podcast. (laughs) Well, I think that's appropriate since we work together. Yes, I think so too. This is going to be super fun. And I know this is a topic that we've talked about before when we've gone to lunch and things like that. And so I'm really happy that today for our topic, we have chosen abiding. And I think it's something that one is really cool to kick the podcast off with, but two, it's kind of the foundation or is the foundation of the ministry. So I think it's a great first podcast. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into it. All right. Well, I'd like to start by saying what abiding in Christ means to me, which is really basically John 17, 20 and 21, where Jesus prayed, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word that they may all be one, even as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. And by the way, if you tried to draw that out, there'd be a lot of scribbles. But it gets worse, because Jesus continues, that they also may be in us, I in them, and thou in me. When we believe in Jesus as Lord in Christ, he lives in us, and we live in him. That's intimacy right there. That's why it's insulting when someone says he or she wants to get closer to Jesus. First Corinthians 3.16 says, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? Yeah, I hear that so often where someone will ask, how do I get closer to God? how do I just get any closer? And I was thinking the other day, you know, Ainsley, our youngest is a very high feeler and she always wants to get closer and closer and closer to me. And eventually she's like wanting to climb into my body. (laughs) I'm like, I'm right here. We can't get any closer. I'm, and I just feel like we do that to God so often of, I want to get closer to you and closer to you. And he's like, I'm in you and you are in me. There, there is no closer. We're right here. So I'm really glad that you, you brought that up. Well, mankind goes astray, not referring to Ainsley, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but mankind in general goes astray and tries to find life everywhere else, but in the source of life where it's the most natural place in the world for us to dwell. Mm-hmm where we were created to dwell in Christ. His presence is an absolute. And the peace that comes with his presence is never to be surrendered to any situation. If we're looking without, we will find much to complain about. But if we're looking behind the veil and seeing his presence with us in the midst of what we thought was a place of discomfort, we can have great joy no matter what it is. Oh, I love that you, that you talk about what we think is discomfort because so often our flesh gets uncomfortable and we, we want things to go our way. But when we're abiding, those discomforts can often be the most beautiful times with Jesus because you really are abiding and you're really, um, 
seeing him in all of that instead of seeing the focus. And it's like when Pa or Mike would talk about um, your focus and whatever your focus gets you. And it's so true. But when your heart is on Jesus, those hard times you see as just a lesson because you know, God is teaching you something, you know, that he is in it and that at the end you will walk away with that lesson and it can be so beautiful. Um, but we often think this is terrible and God isn't in this and he's ignoring me and he's gone because we're just seeing the problem and not the beauty of Jesus in every situation. Yeah. And he will withdraw some too, to build our faith that, that does build our faith when we have to believe in him, even though he's not Molly calling us along. Yeah. We don't go ahead. Well, we don't always, we don't always feel him. We don't always hear him, but he's always there. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think the beauty, I know there were a lot of times in my life that I'd just be praying and praying like, God, I need to feel you. I need to hear you. And he was happy to be hearing from me in those times, Mm -hmm. but I was just sitting there going, I need you. I need to feel you. And then I would get frustrated because I didn't feel him and I didn't hear from him, but he was delighting in that, not in my frustration, but in my choice to come to him. And so for me, I know that he often takes a little step back. He never leaves me. He never walks away, but he takes a little step back so that I will come to him because there are often times that I'm not always great about going to him and everything, especially when things are good. So I think he kind of takes a step back of she'll come to me. And then he just delights in that. Mike used to always say that there's no such thing as a bad situation that drives you to Christ because that's what all of our problems are to do is to drive us into the presence of the Lord, which is where we, we are. We just don't recognize it. But yeah, uh, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. Mm-hmm. He finished the entire work needed for mankind to have access to the father and a relationship with himself. This is important to remember when people ask, just how do I abide? (laughs) Or what do I need to do? Do, Accent on the do. Uh, Though abiding is the most natural place for a child of God to live. Mm -hmm. All of us were raised in the world, in the flesh, and we're accustomed to having to work for anything valuable. Christ's life is a gift and we can do nothing to merit it. Yeah. And I think we often, you know, we forget that we call ourselves children of God because God, Jesus made it so simple to follow him as a child A child can follow Jesus. He made it that simple. And we forget that we are children of God and we tend to put all of this do's and shoulds and all of these things that make it impossible. I cannot follow, I cannot keep up with all of the things I should be doing and saying and being. And then it gets frustrating where Jesus just calls us to have faith like children and just the simplicity of he's there, talk to him. It it doesn't have to have all of the do's and shoulds because that's why Jesus died for us to erase those so that we can have faith like children. Unlike before Jesus There was a lot of do's and should's and things. And God's like, I'm going to create my son. We're going to take this away. And we get the privilege of having such a simple 
childlike faith with Jesus. It's such a great time to have a relationship with Jesus. (laughs) Absolutely. It's so simple. And you notice that the people that he wanted to hang out with when he was on the earth were not the religious do's and don'ts people. It was the so-called sinners and, and the people who would receive him as a child. But that, and, but the simplicity of it is because Jesus has done it all. Yes. So that the very weakest person in the world can know him and abide in him. It's not anything we do. It's what we recognize. We live with the attitude of abiding, deeply aware that Christ is our life. So we are completely dependent on him. Galatians 2.20, of course, says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no more I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He is our new life because our old life was crucified in him when we were born again. Yeah, I think, you know, this was a new concept for me, actually, in the last few years. I always knew Jesus lived in me, but it took me some time to realize, like, I live in him. And I was in him when he died on the cross. Mm-hmm. And it, I, it was just this new concept and made me feel even more special. And then just even him dying on the cross for me was like, wait, in that moment, I died, too. And I get to have that faith like a child and it gets to be that simple because I was in him just as he is in me. I love it. Yeah. And the strength of that old man really is broken. People like to blame their choice to walk in the flesh on that untrue notion that their old man is still living and active. But I believe we need to stick with scripture on this as in all things. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Our co-crucifixion with Christ, as you said, gives us new life in Christ and frees us from the power of sin. 1 Peter 1.23, for you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. John 3, 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. We'll have to come back to that later, but um, that's important. What's flesh is flesh and what's spirit is spirit. Romans 6, 4, therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Colossians 3, 1. If then you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Yeah, I love all of those. And first of all, thank you for bringing scripture to the podcast because I know um, a lot of times in conversations and things, we tend to forget that scripture is the basis of our foundation with our relationship with Jesus. So thank you for bringing it. Um, yeah. And I just, I love the reminder of, of our relationship with Jesus and dying to ourselves. And I just, yeah, I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, another thing about 
the thought of having to do something instead of Christ doing it all is that we often try to create rather than recognize. Mm -hmm. We want to create the nearness of God. We want to create the acceptance of God. And we want to create abiding in Christ. But recognizing is always better than any activity because it puts our faith and trust in God, not in anything we can do. We have to come to the place of knowing that there's nothing good in us except Jesus' life through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think we've, you know, Noah and I disciple other couples and oftentimes it comes up, especially in married couples of Jesus is in him, Jesus is in her. And there are days where the Jesus in you needs to love the Jesus in your spouse or in friendships or other family relationships or coworkers, the Jesus in you can still love the Jesus in, in the other person. And, um, that's something again, recently that Noah and I were talking about that. I was like, oh, that's so, it takes the pressure off, right? When we start seeing Jesus and we start, um, really focusing on him, it really takes the pressure off of the do's and the shoulds and all of that, instead of just going, Jesus is in this and he's in this person. And I get to have a relationship with the Jesus in this person. And I'm not expecting anybody to be a certain way or do anything. Um, and it really just not only brings you closer to God, but also frees the relationship of that person as well. Yes. And this is one story I haven't told for a long, long time, but uh, just to kind of illustrate that point, one time Mike and I were moving into a, a house, one of our many moves <laughs> and uh, gee, imagine this, we were fighting, we had a fight because uh, it's so stressful to move, but any, for me anyway. Yeah. Uh, and so it was so funny because I was actually, we were both still unloading the stuff into the new house and I, the stuff I unloaded, I put, his stuff where it would be the most handy for him. And the thing he things he was unloading, he was putting them where he thought I would want them the most. And so even though we were really mad at each other, yeah. we were still in love. The love was still operating. We still wanted what was best for the other person. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I think that when you're abiding in Christ and your focus is on him, especially in a marriage, if you're fighting with your spouse or things seem tense, there's still that foundation of love. And there's still that service to one another because your mate isn't your foundation. Your marriage is not your foundation. Christ is. And so I love how you both were still serving each other and still serving the Jesus within each other, even though your flesh can be upset and feel angry and, and everything else. Cause you want, especially with moving, you always want things, especially myself or women in general, we know how our houses ran. We want our house to be a specific way and where everything goes. And I know a lot of times I'll be doing something and Noah's doer will kick in and he'll come in and just start moving stuff around and putting things places. And I'm just like, that's not how it's done, but you know, to step back and go, okay, uh -huh. how can I still serve the Jesus and my husband in this moment? So I love that you guys were still abiding in, in Jesus and in that foundation of him, even while your flesh was not. Like exactly. But 
even saying it that way sounds like abiding is something we can jump in and out of. We are in Christ and Christ is in us. So he is operating all the time in us. Yes. No matter what we're going through. And, And in that regard, abiding in Christ is the most natural way for a child of God to live. Yes. But there are elements to it that we can identify that kind of bring a little light to what it looks like, which is, and some of these things are things that people grow into. It, it doesn't just happen all at once, but uh, as we abide in Christ, we learn uh, that we are completely dependent on God. Uh, we should not be running around in independence. Yes. <laughs> we know we know and learn that Christ is our life. Mm-hmm. We know there is no good within us except for Christ's Holy Spirit. So there's no need to get so upset with ourselves when we fail because what did we expect? You know, we we weren't looking for the Lord to keep us. We had our eyes off him or the door of our heart closed to him, whatever. We weren't abiding. Yeah. Rest in believing and receiving from the creator who provides for what he creates. I'm really bad at the resting in him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think it's passivity. I think it's the kind of rest where you just have a quiet trust in whatever's going on and, and you know, he's there for you. Yes. I'm working on it. (laughs) And another identifying factor is abiding is not a feeling, but the awareness of our position in Christ. Mm. All glory is God's and freedom. Jesus is the only one that promises peace and freedom. Yes. Oh, I love all of those. Those are great. Believers aren't perfect and no one abides perfectly. We sometimes choose to walk in the flesh and sin. But like Paul said in Philippians 3.12, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect because we're going to have the flesh as long as we're in this world. But he said, I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. We have been laid hold of by Christ. It is his doing. And the laying hold that we do is natural growing in him by his grace. We grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Second Peter 3.18. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, Christ. Ephesians 4.15. Uh, the body of Christ is really important as we point one another to Christ. First Thessalonians 5.11 says to encourage one another and build one another up. Hebrews 10.24 says, let us continue, uh, consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Yeah, so if you were to um, encourage me to abide in Christ in a gentle way, would it just be as simple as, Hey, remember Jesus is in you. So 
walk with him talk because Noah talks about that all the time, right? We focus so much on our sin. We focus on our flesh. We focus on all these things and our struggles and all of our hardships. And the thing I hear Noah talking about the most is invite God with you, invite Jesus in moment by moment, all day long, have that relationship with him moment by moment. Yes. And Mike used to say, uh, the atmosphere in a place could be completely lousy, but you just mention the Lord mm-hmm. by mentioning him and saying anything about him. Uh, you're reminding people to focus on him and not on the situations or, you know, we're all busy. And so this isn't just a, a, a day long of talking to the Lord, which it becomes more and more natural to talk more often to him. But, you know, yeah. Just uh, reminding each other, oh, where's your focus to be? Not on this problem, but on him. And and the old thing that Mike did, if your problems are on one hand and and Christ is on the other, you either focus on your problems or on Christ. And if you're focusing on Christ, the problems are still there, but they're not overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And I think remember, you know, reminding people um, to focus on Christ moment by moment and day after day, because you know, I've had, I've had, um, women come to me and say, well, I pray in the morning and I pray before I go to bed. And it's like, Jesus is in you and available all the time. And I think we forget sometimes, especially when our focus is on our problems, um, or whatever is going on in our life that can be stressful or take our focus from Christ. It's so easy to stay there. And I think, you know, just having that simple reminder from somebody of saying, Hey, where's your focus today? Have you focused on Christ today? Not just right when you woke up or meal time or dinner time, those moments, especially when you're budgeting or cleaning the house or parenting issues or marital things, all of these things that tend to overwhelm us, we can stop and go, but God's got this and he's here and he's in this and I can give it to him. Although that doesn't mean my stress will be gone and my problems poof go away because he's not a magical genie. But to rest, like you were saying, rest in knowing that he does have our life and his, you know, he's working and moving in every aspect. Yeah, it it is a learning curve. Um, But when you go to him in praise at any time during the day, it, it gives a whole different attitude to everything that's going on. But I remember when I was a young mother, uh, I think Kay Arthur was the speaker Mike took me to. And one of the first things she said was that she had just finished babysitting her little baby nieces or whatever. And, and she said, I want to tell you mothers out there, if all you can do is say, good morning, Lord, and good night, Lord, as you fall into bed, she said, that's perfectly okay. It's just so consuming the things you have to do. And I know men get are that busy too, but I, this was, this was just for me. And I started crying because it was such a relief. I felt like such a failure as a believer. And, uh, and that is good. But I think one picture that really can help anybody and they can bring it to mind at any time uh, for any person who knows, believes in, and has met the true and living God through Jesus Christ by way of the Holy Spirit The picture of the vine and the branch is so meaningful when thinking of how we abide. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. 
as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me, John 15, 4. And Jesus did not use an analogy of the vine, saying that he was like a vine. He said that he was the true vine. The picture of abiding is of the vine holding me in him, his life in me, cleansing, revealing what I am, kept safe from so much disease, a moment-by-moment existence, and eternal life. The branch does not have to do the work of staying attached to the vine. It receives the life of the vine without effort. We're all continually connected to Jesus, the vine, walking in him all the time. We do not create the connection, but we recognize it. The vine and the branch are one. The fiber of the vine becomes the fiber of the branch. The life of the vine becomes the life of the branch. Yeah, I love the the simplicity. I just love how simple Jesus made it and how difficult we make it. <laughs> it yeah, is so simple. And I can I can see many times in my life that I tried to do everything myself. And I tried to, you know, create not only my own branch, my own tree. <laughs> I, and it does not work. It just doesn't work. And I just love the the simplicity. And um, I also love that with abiding life, that kind of our, I don't know how you would say it, but I know a lot of our logos and things are the vine and the branches because it is so simple and so true. Mm-hmm. And um, what you were saying about that is that it is a process. The Lord does wait until our controller has failed and failed and failed and failed. (laughs) The Holy Spirit has to do a lot of groundwork before we can uh, personalize this picture of being in the vine. You have to admit that you are completely dependent on the Lord and you, you are not the controller. He is in control. Yes. Every (laughs) single thing in life. We don't have one thing that he has not given us, not one friend, one family member, no wealth, no home, no good health, no possession, no situation. And even our very next heartbeat and breath are gifts from him. He's the creator and we're the created, but man, we have learned to live in independence. And so it just takes breaking and breaking and big, big or small breakings, but it takes breaking. And there's a quote I like from Andrew Murray in his, his abide. Oh, and his book abide in Christ. And it is think not so much of yourself as a branch Mm -hmm. nor of abiding as your duty until you have first had your soul filled with the faith of what Christ as the vine is. And faith is a gift from God too, but filling your soul is filled with the faith of what Christ as the vine is a soul filled with large thoughts of the vine will be a strong branch and will abide confidently in him. Be much occupied. Andrew Murray said with Jesus and believe much in him as the true vine. Mm, I love that. That's great. 
Yeah, we're really so dependent on him as, mm -hmm. a, as a branch on the vine. James 4.15 says, if the Lord wills, we shall live and also do this or that. We receive life from the vine. And when it is time for us to exit this earth, do we shrivel up and fall off? No. <laughs> Jesus assured us, because there we're going back to that scripture I said we come back to, which is what spirit is spirit and what's flesh is flesh. We're attached to God in the spirit. Yeah. Uh, Jesus assured us that we who believe will leave this earthly body behind. Yes. But in John 11, 25 and 26, he said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. He kind of restated it yeah. <laughs> to make sure we got it. Yeah. He'd already said in John 5, 24, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. Yeah. And he just says it right there. He who hears my word and believes in me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, and does this and does this and does this and make sure you're close to me. Cause if you're not close to me, you're not getting anywhere. He's like, you guys, it's simple. I am in you and you are in me. And if you believe that awesome, yeah. <laughs> it is really that simple and that beautiful. Yeah. Well, he had to make it simple for us. We're a bunch of knuckleheads, but yeah, I mean, he made it that simple and we still question him. We yeah. still question whether he loves us, whether he's here, whether he cares, we still question all of those things, whether we're doing enough or being good enough. And, and, you know, we, he made it that simple and we still question it. So I'm glad I just couldn't imagine how much I would question it if he didn't make it that simple. <laughs> right. Right. -o. So was there a time, you know, I know for me, like raising young kids and, um, I love what you touched on before, where the only thing that you can do is, is say good morning, God and good night, God. And that is all that it's all you got. Sometimes, um, there was also something that you had told me that I repeat to myself quite often in the last 14 ish years, um, is you had told me one of the first meetings um, that I had met you was Shay, make your to-do list, but what you get done that day is what God needed you to get done that day and let the rest go. Because I think, especially um, as women and women with young children, we are pulled in many different directions, doing many different things, making sure everybody is still alive and well. And um, I know a lot of times for me, I would feel guilty that Maybe I wasn't abiding in Christ because I hadn't really spoken to him all day because I'm raising children and keeping a house going. And, you know, I, I always feel not always when they were little, especially I felt too busy. I'm, I'm going to use air quotes too busy because Christ is in me. He's with me all the time. Um, but was there a moment maybe when you had the three little kids and you guys were just starting the ministry? and probably moving somewhere in there at the same time. Was there a time that you had felt that it was difficult to abide? I had a very strong conversion experience. And so 
I never had a time when I felt like my connection with the Lord was ended, but I also had, and I'm not, this sounds bragging. I don't mean it to be, if anything, it's the worst thing that could happen to you, but I had, my flesh was successful enough in, in life that I was the upper up and outer. Oh, I can do this myself. I I just got to get busy. You know, if I, if I'm not getting something done, I'm just not working hard enough. And so the Lord took years, uh, with small breakings and then with one huge breaking of a five-year crucible to, yeah, to get me to quit depending on myself and going to him first before anything. So again, we're all in process. Yeah. We don't know how he's going to do it, but just to realize that there is no connection broken with Christ, no matter what we're doing. There's no behavior we're doing that's so bad that Jesus is just going to jump out of us and not be in us anymore. Um, we're his, we're, we're um, purchased with a price. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, the growing is on our end. If we grow and mature and he brings us along and you know how well he orchestrates things in life to teach us something. So it. Yeah we can really rest in him to get get the job done. Um, He'll do it in his way. And his way is the, the lasting way, the way that sticks, you know, anything we do, we can just forget tomorrow. But uh, when he teaches us something, it's there, it's ours. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned too, um, that that process was a five year (laughs) ordeal, which is always so fun to go through. But you know, in those moments, you're like, is this enough? God, I've learned my lesson. And he's like five more years, <laughs> five more years. But then to be through it is beautiful. And I'm sure you can look back at that time and go, that was hard, but it was worth it because now I'm here. And I, I now have this relationship with Jesus. And, um, you know, a lot of times we see those struggles and we see those hardships and we just see how hard they are, especially in those moments, but to also know that there is a lesson with it and to know that he's most likely breaking something in us for his good. Um, and then to be now where you are now, where it's like, I don't, I don't have to go through those five years again. Now there is always something. It's not like you went through those five years and now it's like, nothing, you know, everything is perfect in your world because there's always something. There's always the next lesson to be learned. Um, and I know for the longest time, you know, I was, I was a single mom and, and had to go through a lot of hardships there. And I didn't feel like God was there in those moments. So I relied on myself and, but I got it done. Right. I was like, I can do this. I have I saved myself from an abusive relationship and my daughter. And I got on my feet, look at what I did. And God was like, no, look what I did (laughs) You know, in those moments. He broke me of that, but I can relate to how you were saying before, how it's like, you know, I've, I can create my own success, but it only goes so far because Jesus won't. First of all, he doesn't ever let me get away with anything. He really doesn't. I feel like I can handle it. And God very quickly is like, you can't, (laughs) you will break, but I won't Right? the Jesus in me doesn't break when things get stressful and things get hard. 
but I do, but me broken, like broken Shay is amazing because God can really carry my strength. And he's, he's the one who gives me the strength and he's the one who gives me the love for other people. And he's the one that takes broken Shay and puts her back together even better and more beautiful than before. But those broken times can often be our focus and can be really difficult. So I'm really glad that you spoke on that because five years is rough. And I know there are a lot of people who go through tough times for many years. Yes, but you won't find one of them who doesn't later say that they wouldn't trade that rough time for anything because of everything God gave them during that time. Exactly. But yes, I am hoping the five years was the earthquake and anything that's coming later will be the aftershocks. But I really think that even the, the day we pass on from this world, he'll be flushing something out of our flesh because he just, we we're in process. I mean, we'll always have more to learn. And I think we'll always have more to learn in heaven too, but at least we won't have our stinky flesh there. Yeah. And I think that when you shift your focus onto this season may be really difficult, but I'm learning something. And I know that for me, even if it's just moment by moment saying, I know this is hard, but I'm learning something and Jesus is in me. And sometimes that's all I have because we don't always have the answers or solutions or the last two years have been crazy. Nobody knows what any of that looked like. And we all, you know, were in our homes and did all these things, but Jesus was in it and he has a plan. And even as stressful as things could get, he was right there walking with us. Mm -hmm. And I just think that even just changing that moment by moment thinking instead of woe is me and this is hard, instead it's Jesus has got this, I'm learning a lesson and I'm going to be okay. Because really in all, and we'll do a podcast on this, but God makes all of your choices. He has your life in his hands. We feel like we're so powerful and we feel like we can make all of these things happen. And God's going, okay. It's like the little two-year-old that packs her bag because she's leaving home and she's going to you know, run away from home. And they're in there, the yawn, in the lawn feeling like they ran away. And you're just watching from the window going, you can have your little fit. You can try to control things, but I'm right here watching and still keeping you safe. So yeah. I think it's so simple. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on our first abiding life women's podcast. I thank really you for having me. Of course. And thank you for bringing such a beautiful message. That's such a great reminder. Um, And then if anybody who's listening has topics or wants to be on the podcast uh, or anything like that, they can email me at shay at abidinglife.com. And it's S-H-A-Y at abidinglife.com. I know some people, the spelling gets weird, but Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you guys. And I'm sure you will see both of us again very soon.